What's up, everybody? It's me, your boy, Ruby Rube, coming at you from the Gathering Strength Podcast, the Easy Quit It Iundo. That is Latin for we gather strength as we go. Now, that is an excerpt from a poem written by Virgil. Some Roman poet and philosopher who lived over 2,000 years ago. And in an excerpt from his poem, he wrote, We gather strength as we go. And that is the inspiration which gave me the name for this podcast, The Gathering Strength. Now this week, in a short five days, I'm going to be towing the line at the San Francisco Marathon. And I thought that this would be a great opportunity to talk about everything marathon. Now, I have already completed all of my marathon preparation. I did the best that I was able to. You know, that's all that we're able to ask for. Some days, you know, I was into it. Other days, I was, man, going above and beyond. And that is all just a part of the marathon journey. The vicissitudes of life apply to everything. There were some days where training was a little bit more arduous and a little bit, a little bit, uh, you know, more challenging, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually. And then there were days where, you know, I, I couldn't contain myself. And those days were like, You know, hey, I'm only going to run three miles today. You know, a a little maintenance run. And then I found out, you know, guess what? I I ran seven just because, I don't know, for whatever reason, I was able to uh, take advantage of my advantages. Maybe I had a little bit more time. I had a little bit more energy. And I just went with how I was feeling. And I I dug a little bit deeper. Now, everybody is going to have their own unique experience when they are training for a marathon. My overall aim and objective is to, you know, honor my strength, to honor my strength as it pertains to being extremely disciplined, extremely regimented. And I feel that every single mile that I run, every single time that I go and step out and train, purposely for a marathon it is a mile away from weakness it is a mile away from a poverty mindset it is a mile away from all of the crap that was holding me back and stifling my growth as a metaphor it is one mile away from a weaker version of myself and one mile closer to a stronger, more resilient father, husband, member of society. And man, I'm over here doing my part trying to lift all this heavy-ass weight. And that is one thing that I believe is beautiful about the marathon when... When you can intertwine all of these little aspects of your life and somehow inject a little bit of the marathon mindset into that daily activity. Now, in my previous episode, I went deep, balls deep, into how we can honor our strength. Now, if you wanted to just dive in onto this podcast episode, hey, that's fine, but I am going to be creating this uh, maybe four or five part uh, podcast series about honoring your strength 
and it's going to be intertwined with the marathon because, man, this is marathon week. The marathon is on my mind. Everything related to the marathon. One of the things about setting a goal, you know, for example, running the marathon, it brings purpose and meaning into your life. Now, if I didn't have this marathon, you know, on the horizon, in the books, you know, I, I, I really wouldn't go out and run 20 miles multiple times. I, I wouldn't go out and, you know, run these super far miles. And if I did, you know, I, it would be, you know, I would have to find a, a really big why. And when you set a goal, hey, there's your big why. I don't want to fail in front of my family. I don't want to get injured. I don't want to, you know, shit my pants while uh, uh, running a, a, a marathon. I, I don't want to. I don't want to humiliate myself or you know, essentially fail. That is the big one. I don't want to sign up for this big goal and then fail in front of my son, in front of my wife, in front of my household, because I want to show them. That when you say that you're going to do something, you will do it. You will cut out all of the superfluous things that are hindering your growth and your progress. And you will strive towards, you know, you will strive towards that goal. And we don't set goals to diminish ourselves. We don't set goals to make ourselves weaker. You know, that would be uh, the opposite of setting a goal. Ultimately, we set a goal to set ourselves up to become a little bit better. So when you set a high goal, such as crossing a finish line at a marathon, you get a lot better because man, that is a that is a big challenge. That's a tall a tall order. But hey, you can do it. I can do it. Everyone can do it. And if you were to listen to some of these podcasts that I listen to or some of these audiobooks that I listen to and hear the stories of people who started off in a much more crappier situation with less resources, less of a support group, less of everything, less strength, less physical strength, man, but despite all of, all of those inadequacies and all of those shortcomings... They were able to, you know, muster up their courage and test their mettle, sign up for a marathon, and cross that finish line. And this is one of the beautiful things that I love about the marathon is the community. I want to be associated with people who are barrier breakers, people who don't give up, people who, despite being tired or feeling weak or wanting to give up their minds and their spirit push their bodies to keep going. And I find that it is the toughest of people or the type of person that I want to become when I get fatigued, when I get tired, when I get, you know, when it's not 72 degrees outside and a, and a nice cool breeze, I, I want to be able to push and pull when it really counts. And if I can voluntarily um, subjugate myself to those circumstances when the going gets tough and the shit really hits the fan, 
hey, I'm going to be able to count on myself to get whatever needs to be done, done. And that is the metaphor for running and the metaphor for life is to keep going. You are not done in the endurance world, such as the marathon. You have to learn how to endure. You're going to have all of those doubts, all of those insecurities, all of those fears, Man, all of those negative emotions, everyone is going to be feeling those. Even the damn freaking elite runners, they're going to be nervous too. Everyone is nervous when they come to uh, towing the line. Because anything can happen. You can get an injury. You can fail. You can uh, Just whatever. Whatever can happen can happen on the marathon. And you have invested so much time into it. You know, nobody wants to fail. But, you know, there's always that potential for for failure. But despite all that, we still show up. And that's why I love it. Now, before we get deeper into this podcast episode, I want to go all the way back. I want to get deep back into the origins. How did this marathon start? Well, I'm glad you asked. Warren Buffett, he's the one who said the more you learn... The more you earn, and by golly, you gonna learn today. Now, over the course of this podcast series, I'm gonna be going all the way back to the first guy who ran the marathon. And I'm going to also be talking about one of the goats, one of the greatest, or the greatest person to have ever ran a marathon, Eliud Kipchoge. But first, man... We're going to talk about uh, the history and the allure of the marathon. Now, the allure of the marathon, it is deeply rooted in its history, the challenge, and the transformative journey that it offers to everybody who chooses to participate in a marathon. Now, for over two millennia, this marathon, it has captivated the human spirit. Sheesh, the human spirit. Come on, y'all. You got a spirit. And now what this has done, it pushes the individuals to their limits and inspiring awe and admiration for not only the participants, the community, but man, for the spectators as well. Because when you're spectating a marathon, you look at all of the participants and you will compare yourselves. You'll be like, man, if that guy can do it, if that old lady right there can run a marathon. How old do you think she is? Is she like 60, 70 years old? And here I am, a strong, able body, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50 year old. And I don't have the courage to go and run a marathon. Man, but here's that little old lady. She's 70 years old. As a matter of fact, uh, Jeannie Rice at this last year's Boston Marathon, she was 77 years old. And she ran a marathon in three hours and 30 minutes. Now, for those who do not know about, you know, that time, and they're like, oh, wow, three hours and 30 minutes, is that fast? Question mark. Yes, that's very fast for a 20-year-old. That's very fast for anybody. And this woman, 77 years old, and ran it in three hours and 30 minutes. I don't know 
how to process that because I look at her and I'm like, all right, there's no way if I was to, uh, if I were to have to fight that woman, you know, in, in an octagon, in a sanctioned UFC match, oh, I'd kick her ass. I would take her, I'd shoot her double legs, take her straight down and just ground and pound. But man, on the freaking marathon track, man, she's going to smoke me. My best marathon time is three hours and 40 minutes. Now, mind you, you know, one thing that I do in the marathon is I, I try to enjoy myself. It is a unique experience and I will stop and, you know, take, take a few photos. I... I I don't just like try to sprint all the, all the way to the finish. I I try to savor it, you know, because it is a extraordinary moment. Now, even though I I do stop a a couple times to like I said savor, stop and smell the 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 roses. You know, my my best time is 3 hours and 40 minutes. And man, that was that's fast. Now, this 77-year-old woman, 3 hours and 30 minutes. She's beaten me by 10 minutes. Now, one of the things that I battle with is, you know, I I struggle between going in between these two aspects. I'm like, hey, do I want to be the Reuben who is jovial, who is, you know, talking to people while we're running, who is sharing moments with the community, you know, making some of these spectators laugh. Do I want that Reuben to show up? Or do I want the Reuben who is chomping at the bit, who is just focused, who doesn't say anything to anybody, just tries to pass up as, as many people as possible. And essentially, it's total time. I'm the bull and everybody better get out of my way. Now, do I want that guy to show up or do I want that uh, jovial, light-hearted Reuben to show up? The one who's going to stop and smell the flowers because, man, those two guys, they can't coexist. It's going to be one or the other. Now, right now, I am feeling strong, so uh, I, I might try to, you know, I might, I might try to smoke this one. We'll see. I don't know. It, it's I, I'm a very flowy type energy type guy, so... I'm going to see how my spirit is feeling the, the day of, and I'm just going to go with my energy. If my energy, you know, wants to push and pull, then, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to listen. If it wants to, I don't know, have, have a conversation with someone while we're running and enjoying the day and soaking it in, I, well, I'm going to listen to my energy and my spirit then too. Either way, it's going to be a great time. I look forward to it. Now, back into the damn history of this marathon. The origin of the marathon can be traced back to ancient Greece, where the legendary story of Pheidippides, a messenger from the Battle of Marathon, emerged. According to lore, Pheidippides ran from the battlefield of Athens, a distance of about 26 miles, to deliver news of victory before collapsing from exhaustion. Now this tale, this story, this lore of endurance and sacrifice laid the foundation for the marathon as we know it today. In modern times, the marathon has evolved into a symbolic test of human potential. 
It represents the ultimate challenge where individuals willingly subject themselves to grueling physical and mental demands. The allure lies in the opportunity to push beyond perceived limits, to transcend the ordinary, and to discover the depths of one's own strengths. If you claim to be strong, if you claim to be tough, if you claim to be disciplined, the marathon is open to everyone to test your mettle. Go ahead and put all that stuff that you believe that you are, uh, put that to the test. Everything is theory until put to the test. Now this marathon, it carries a undeniable mystique. It's a celebration of human determination, resilience, and the indomitable spirit. Man, and what better way to celebrate that? You know, it's a celebration of the human determination. You know, are you human? How determined are you to chase down your goals? Now, it doesn't need to be a marathon. It doesn't need to be, you know, anything physical. But that is where the beauty lies with the marathon. This marathon can be applied to any realm or aspect in your life where, you know, you need heapings of resilience and it can, you know, really exercise that indomitable spirit. Now, participants are drawn to its grandeur, its history and the opportunity to become part of the legacy that spans centuries. The marathon becomes a personal journey of self-discovery and self-transcendence where ordinary individuals transform into extraordinary beings through the act of putting one foot in front of the other, mile after mile. Now to put some of the exclusiveness, if you want to get into this club, you know, it, it doesn't cost money. It'll, it's only going to cost you the entry fee, but... Man, discipline is going to be the legal tender, and health is wealth, and let's see, according to the U.S. Census, the world population is approximately 7.9 billion people, and only about 0.17% of the population has run a marathon. Now, this marathon club and community, there's no membership dues, you can't pay to cross a finish line and ah my god you got to put one foot in front of the other mile after mile just like everybody else now the allure continues for this marathon because it lies in the transformative power it offers it challenges participants to confront their fears push through pain and fatigue and tap into the reservoirs of strength they never knew existed Crossing the finish line becomes a profound moment of triumph, a testament to the human spirit's ability to conquer adversity and achieve the seemingly impossible. Now, the next time when you are driving in your car, now try this out. I want you to go onto your dashboard and zero out the trip. Now, go ahead and start driving and then just be aware of the miles you're tacking on and the distance and then go ahead and look back up when you think you're at you know 26.2 miles and that's how far a marathon is it's hard to you know wrap your mind around how far you know 26.2 miles is but when you're driving in a car you're like damn we're still going sheesh 
from my house, I live in Livermore, California, and 26.2 miles is about to my in-laws' house, uh, like th- like three towns over. I have to go through Livermore, and then a little bit of Pleasanton into Fremont, and then I'll end up in Newark. That's about 26.2 miles with some elevation. Don't forget about the hills because this is not flat terrain. You're going to be going uphill, downhill, but hey, it's all good. That's what you signed up for, the challenge. Now, beyond personal accomplishments, the marathon creates a sense of camaraderie and community. Runners from diverse backgrounds come together, supporting and encouraging one another on this shared journey. The marathon unites people from all walks of life, breaking down barriers and fostering a spirit of solidarity and mutual respect. That's one thing that I really love about the endurance community is that you know, you are one big family. We're all we're all kissing cousins over here. Right? So when you are, you know, at the pack up pickup line and you hear people, you know, speaking with different accents and you know they they are people from all ethnicities, all ethnic groups, it is a melting pot. And yeah, people from all over the world are going to be at this San Francisco Marathon. And you're going to have the elite of the elite. And then you're also going to have, you know, the back of the Packers where, you know, this is going to be the 70-year-old's 30th time running the marathon. And, you know, it's awesome to hear about all of their stories. Now, today, the allure of the marathon continues to grow. It has become an international phenomenon with marathons held in cities around the world, attracting participants from every corner of the globe. The marathon represents a universal quest for personal growth, pushing boundaries, and embracing the challenge of living a life without limits. You damn right. Now, the allure of the marathon, it lies rich in history, its transformative journey, and the opportunity it offers to push beyond perceived limits. It embodies the human spirit's ability to overcome challenges and discover the extraordinary within. The marathon is a celebration of resilience, a testament to the indomitable nature of the human spirit, and an invitation to all who dare to embrace the allure of the extraordinary. Now, at the beginning of this podcast episode, I gave you a little appetizer about your boy, Theodipides. And now, I'm about to serve you the full entree. I hope you're hungry, because this knowledge is gonna satiate. Now, your boy, Theodipides, he holds great significance in the context of the marathon as a legendary figure whose story has become intertwined with the origin and symbolism of the marathon. According to ancient Greek lore, Pheidippides was a messenger who played a crucial role in delivering news of the Greek victory in the Battle of Marathon to Athens. During the Battle of Marathon in 490 BCE, the Greeks, led by General Miltiades, achieved a decisive victory over the invading Persian forces. Pheidippides was tasked with delivering the news of this victory to the Athenians, who were anxiously awaiting the outcome. Now, legend has it that Pheidippides embarked on the extraordinary feat, running from the battlefield in Marathon to Athens. 
Now, Marathon, that is a name of a town or a city back in the day. So, Pheidippides, he ran from the battlefield of Marathon to Athens. And that was a distance of approximately 26 miles or 42 kilometers. The urgency of the situation and the importance of the timely communication compelled him to endure immense physical exertion to complete his mission. The lore continues that upon reaching Athens, Theodipides burst into the assembly exclaiming, Rejoice! We have won! Before collapsing from exhaustion and according to some versions of the story, he died soon after delivering his message. The story of Theodipides' courageous run became immortalized in ancient Greek history, capturing the spirit of sacrifice, determination, and endurance. It's, it symbolizes the unwavering commitment to duty and the willingness to go the extraordinary lengths in service of a greater cause. Now, in modern times, the story of Pheidippides has been connected to the marathon race. Inspired by his epic run, the marathon race was established to commemorate the heroic messenger's feat. The marathon distance of 26.2 miles, or 42.195 kilometers, is believed to be the approximate distance that Pheidippides covered from Marathon to Athens. Now this significance of his run lies not only in his role as a historical figure, but also in the symbolism it represents. He embodies the spirit of the marathon, reminding us of the human capacity for endurance, sacrifice, and the pursuit of extraordinary achievements. His story serves as a powerful reminder of the indomitable human spirit and the enduring legacy of determination that continues to inspire marathon runners around the world. Now, the beauty about the marathon is that that mindset can be uh, permeated in any aspect of your life. You, you know, you need to be able to go the distance. You need to be able to sacrifice. You need to be able to, man, go the extra mile. You know, the buff body, you need to be able to sacrifice for that buff body, the buff mind. Let's, in, let's insert the marathon mindset into the buff mind, the buff spirit, and as well as obtaining a buff bank, getting our, our finances in check and in order so that our finances can go the distance, so that our finances can endure hardship. We need to be able to go the extra mile in every single realm that encompasses our world. Now, when you think about it, Pheidippides, that guy, man, he ran his from Marathon to Athens, maybe barefoot, or perhaps in, in chanclas. There wasn't any Nike Alpha Vaporflies back then. There wasn't any Hoka's. There wasn't any, none of the nitrogen-infused uh, Dr. Scholl's foot inserts. Nah, he just had a go that was his duty it didn't matter he just had to get from point a to point b and he had to endure whatever he needed to endure so that he can fulfill his duty 
Now, as a little side note before I hang up my hat, I recently finished a book about Phil Knight, and Phil Knight is one of the, he's pretty much the Steve Jobs of Nike, and it was an interesting little anecdote that he told about how Nike came to be um, prior to them deciding on that name, Nike. They had a bunch of other names that they were going to potentially be naming their brand and Nike came up last minute it was in some guy's dream and before Phil uh Phil Knight I, I think that's his name yeah before Phil Knight had to go and submit the name to his company last minute the guy came up and he was like hey I had a dream let's name our shoe company Nike and then he was like man what is Nike and now here is what Nike is because Nike is going to intertwine with uh, Greek mythology and Phidippides and his running and, and the shoe. So take a gander at this. Now the Greek goddess uh, of Nike, that is a someone's name. Uh, Nike has a significant relation to the marathon. Nike, often depicted with wings, was an important deity in ancient Greek mythology associated with victory, success, and triumph. The connection between Nike and the marathon can be traced back to ancient Greek origins of the race and the symbolic rep representation of victory in athletic endeavors. Now, in ancient Greece, Nike was revered as the personification of victory, and her image was often portrayed on coins, sculptures, and artwork. She was depicted with wings to symbolize swiftness, agility, and the ability to soar to great heights. The, the association between Nike and the marathon is particularly evident in the design of the modern Olympic Games official symbol. The emblem features intertwined rings representing the unity of continents and above them a symbolized depiction of Nike, her wings outstretched in a pose reminiscent of victory. This symbol represents the ideals of competition, achievement, and triumph that are intrinsic to the Olympic spirit. Now, in the context of the marathon, Nike's connection is not limited to her visual representation. The winged goddess embodies the spirit of victory and the, and the pursuit of excellence, qualities that align with the physical and mental challenges faced by marathon runners. Her presence serves as a reminder of the potential for success and the rewards that come from dedicated effort, perseverance, and overcoming obstacles. The image of Nike has become synonymous with the podiums and finish lines of athletic competitions, including marathons. The triumphant moment of crossing the finish line, often accompanied by celebrations and expressions of joy, captures the essence of Nike's association with the victory. Uh, when I found out the significance of Nike being a deity and then what the shoe brand Nike has been able to uh, develop and create for the world, I thought that that was pretty cool. And when Nike, when they were the, the young buck, when they were the new kid on the block, uh, there was some investors. They would come up to wherever they were selling their shoes and they would be like, hey, what is this little thing? And they were pointing to the swoosh. Uh, well, they were pointing to the logo. And before 
they just made that up on the fly. They had to give that little that that little check mark, which we all know as the swoosh today. They came up with that on the fly because the some potential investor he came up and he pointed at it and he said, "Hey, what is this?" And Phil Knight, off the top of his head, that is the Nike swoosh. And then he's like, "Swoosh? Yeah, what does that mean?" And then once again, off the top of his head, he said, "That's the sound." That a runner makes as they're passing up their competition on the track, and then there the investor was like, "Hmm, hey, pretty, pretty awesome. I'll take two boxes." That was another interesting anecdote about you know how Nike you know started from humble beginnings and then parlayed their their growth all the way into one of the biggest brands in the entire world. That will do it for today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening in. If you like what you heard, give me a subscribe, a follow, share me with a buddy old pal. I hope that you were able to learn a little bit something about the marathon and the human's indomitable spirit that resides inside every single body. And until next time, it's onward. Always onward.